0: Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by the founder of the One Year No Beer movement, Mr. Rory Fairbairn. So, um, before I kind of ask Rory to say a few things that are going to be very, very helpful for you. I want to, first of all, share why I'm interviewing him in particular. So if you've been listening to the podcast for any period of time, um, you'll know that last year in 2020, I made the decision to go a whole year without alcohol. I've shared this before on the podcast. It's probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. And this guy was one of the people that was the inspiration behind it. And I've, you know, I've, I've been part of the One Year No Beer community for the last over a year now, um, and it's been a game changer for me. So, um, Rory, first of all, welcome. Thank you for having me on. What an intro. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. And, and and there's lots of stuff that I could have said, um, but I wanted to get stuck straight in here. So I'm going to dive in. What was the inspiration behind you starting this incredible movement called One Year No Beer?
1: um well definitely stumbling into it um so if we go to the moment i was working as an oil broker in london 13 years in the job very successful at it started in crude oil moved over and set up a jet aviation desk and throughout this career i guess you know um alcohol was prevalent it's in the city it was lunches long lunches it was dinners now I never had a problem with alcohol. I wasn't carrying on and drinking. I wasn't going home and drinking. I didn't think, you know, I was a problem. Nobody was telling me I had a problem with alcohol. That's just what everybody did in London, right? That's just the norm. And in fact, many people would have probably considered me a lightweight, um, you know, getting dragged across to a, a lunch sometimes and just not being able to keep keep up with some of the power drinkers that were in the oil industry at the time. There's some stories there, I tell you. But... um, um I, uh, th- 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 through this time, you know, I met my wife and had kids and and um, there were these teething things, right? You know, so um, I might skip a train once or twice and not bother going home because I wanted to stay in the pub and have a few extra pints. And I'd be texting home saying, uh, you know, the trains are, are, are not running tonight. And, you know, stuff like that wasn't great for a relationship. And so I was getting this stress from home and she wanted me to, you know, um, to quit my job. She thought there was a the jobless issue. And for me, I was standing on the other side going, I want you to be less angry. And very, you know, she had a very tumultuous growing up, abusive childhood, a lot of anger in our relationship. And we were kind of standing each other at these two sort of loggerheads. And whilst all these two issues were going on, I was like, you know, in the, I, I think I got introduced to this thing called Headspace back in 2013. And I started meditating on the train, And um, this was back when Andy Puddicum was in all the videos of the app, like it was early for Headspace. Um, And um, so I started meditating and there was this thought process in the back of my mind, which was, you know, I think alcohol is causing you more trouble than you realize, Ruri, um, and you're not listening. And so I approached my boss and said, look, I'm thinking about taking a break from booze. And he said, you are committing commercial suicide if you stop drinking. You know, I'd I'd sharpened my sword and was super focused at the time and being one of the best brokers in the world. Um, And and, and that was my absolute focus. And yet there was this thought of like not drinking. And then the idea of not drinking was nobody's going to love me. I'm going to be boring. I'm going to be committing commercial suicide, for goodness sake. And it really took me six months, I think, of ruminating and more arguing with the wife and growing pains. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot. And I took a break and just everything got better, you know, fitter, faster, healthier, happier, better dad, better husband, grew my broking business, like the total opposite of what my boss said. Um, and and all of these niggling health issues started to disappear. It was like everything was better, just like you introduced it here, like I thought it was going to be the opposite. I bravely jumped off the cliff of committing commercial suicide and actually discovered that everything was better. So I said, well, hang on a minute. How many other people are in this same situation where they think that alcohol is really fine, no problem in their life, but the reality is it's actually causing all this trouble? And you know what? I started trying to tell people. And I think in the early days, nobody wants to listen. I realized that everyone is kind of in this 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 matrix, this belief that alcohol is happiness, success, fun, relaxation, all of these things, and trying to tell them they don't realize. Um, and so that's where we came up with the idea of creating a challenge. And we were like, let's just Let's just make a challenge, something that you can say a bit like, say, Hey, do you want to do a tough mudder? Or hey, do you want to do a Spartan? Right. Oh, oh gosh, you know, I'm gonna to have to what run through the mud and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna to be tough, but it's gonna be awesome. Get your mates involved, right? How can we make it something aspirational? And that's where the idea for One Year No Beer came from. And it was really designed to cut through that peer pressure, that 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 all that nonsense there is in society around alcohol and give somebody a tangible reason to choose not drinking. And then when they take that challenge, they will experience the reality of their relationship with alcohol. And it means that most likely they'll just go, you know what? I don't want to bring that back in as much or at all back into my life anymore.
0: Yeah. There's there's so much I want to talk to you about here today. And and actually for the, for those that are listening, there's, there's, there's actually two reasons for this, this interview, this episode. One is I definitely want to get inside the mind of somebody that's, built and is building an empire of course um, that's making a big impact on the world which you know many of our listeners it's not just about business success about how to make a difference how to make an impact but also i feel now a duty given the transformation i've experienced over the last well whatever it's 14 months now i feel a duty to start shining the light on the subject of alcohol consumption and 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 you know i know there's people already that just because I've been talking about it, have made the decision to change their relationship with our which is amazing. And I, and, and I wanna give more people that message. So, so we've got loads of ground that I wanna cover here. Um, I mean, where, where do we start? Where do we start? There's so much stuff I wanted to pick up on. I, I think one thing that you said there in your intro, which I wanted to jump on straight away is this idea. I think the genius move, you don't mind me saying, was making it a challenge get i was talking to, to some friends about this uh, that i'm in a mastermind with we were talking about this just just this morning we were saying the biggest problem most people experience if they're in the building an empire building a business that makes a difference is they're trying to solve a problem you like they're trying to solve a problem but they're marketing or they're advertising a tool rather than marketing and advertising something that people want and i think you're you, very smart. You already looked at Tough Mudder and other challenges like that. And how can we make this like that? It's very, very smart. I think that's that's been, you know, one of the many big secrets. Luck, rather
1: than smart. <laughs> I think,
0: I think, you know, you, you, you're very humble in, in saying that, but I do think it was, it was a genius move. And, you know, now I've been part of the community, obviously I've seen, you know, you, you, you get, you attract everybody from like, Let's face it, the hardcore alcoholic who it's life or death for them to stop drinking, um, you know, and and seeing those stories is very inspiring. Um, people that are literally back from the brink, but also to the other extreme of people going, I guess not dissimilar to you. It's like, hey, I just feel that maybe this relationship that I've got with alcohol is no longer serving me anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, well, on, on that on that piece, and I think this is really key. Um, and actually, you know, I might even be in the middle of that with the reality of the level I was drinking. I was probably in the middle of 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 and by the way, I don't believe in the term alcoholic, but I know what you mean, dependent drinkers. And we have a lot of um we have a lot of dependent drinkers who come and change their relationship with alcohol. Now we're not designed for that. And it even says when you sign up that we're probably not for you and that you should go and seek local help, because the reality is traditional systems tell us that those people need more support. And this is what we looked at, right? So we said, hang on a minute, if you're not going to not drink, right, in society, then you need to be one of those people. That's one of those people over there that is in recovery, that is a problem drinker pouring whiskey on your cornflakes, and you need to go and be in recovery for the rest of your life because you're one of those people. Mm -hmm. And we were like, but that's not who we are. We're actually across the sector. And what we realised was...
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but in my mind, at least, that you you use the term you know pouring whiskey on your cornflakes, that isn't the the majority of the problem. I don't think, and it's certainly no. not where I was and not where you were. No. But, but also like I definitely was drinking more than I should, and yes, and way more than and I knew more than I knew was healthy or or good for me or for my family or for my business. And I think that's like the bulk of the population. Now it totally is. Basically especially in the UK, where culturally drinking is a massive part of our culture, I, th- I think what you're doing is actually solving the bigger problem. The, the, there's already support available, and like mm-hmm. you said, maybe it's be- better positioned to support than you provide. There's already support available for the people that are alcoholics. You need long-term help and be in recovery for, for the rest of your life. But actually what you're solving, I see, is the societal issue of yep. on alcohol. well
1: also also what we did is if you look at the lines, the lines were really here so 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 for everybody who's from zero amount of drinking to to 80 drinking, you're okay, right you're okay. You could be drinking 10 pints a day and you can still be going into work and functioning, therefore you're okay. Right? I'm okay. I'm not one of them yet. Right? And then over the other side is, oh, you're one of them. And it was like the two polarizations and what turned out or what we've now discovered is that we're actually helping some very heavy drinkers. Remove alcohol for good, or, or or totally change their relationship with alcohol. Who would traditionally have gone over into that place because we're not treating them with stigma, labels, judgment. We're giving them aspirational people to be around. We're saying that you are completely in power and you can change your your life. But equally, right up at the top end. We've got people who are drinking half a glass of wine a day or another guy, you know, uh, one of the world's top productiv- productivity experts. He's like, he he came and did our challenge and he said, you know, I was drinking a couple of craft beers, you know, three or four times a week. That's all I was drinking. It really wasn't much. And you've basically given me a 20 percent productivity upgrade when I've been searching for three to 5% upgrades for a decade, right? And so he was like, so this is the piece. It's like, well, hang on a minute. What we're saying here is that most likely alcohol is causing you more trouble than you realize. And that by coming to change your relationship with alcohol might change your whole world. Is that not worth finding out? forget, don't come to me and say, well, I'm not drinking too much and it's not really a problem for me because, well, why don't you just do it if it's worth finding out? And even if you are drinking quite a lot, we can still probably help you. So I think that's looking at it in a completely fresh light like that has what's been so disruptive um, to to a a sort of archaic traditional system um, that perhaps was causing more trouble than it was success.
0: Yeah, um, so so let's... um since we've taken this this route, we'll, we'll, we'll cover off the kind of... Yeah, the alcohol, the alcohol bit. So then maybe we'll go into the business bit later, but of course the, they're linked. Um, so, uh, by the way, this is more just a nosy question, and maybe because it's what everyone else is thinking. They've heard about where you've come from. So, yeah. you know, you were not like an alcoholic, but definitely had drinking more than you knew you should and you wanted to, um, you know, be, be fitter, healthier, better, better... You know, at your job back then, um, better husband, better dad. Um, what's your relationship with alcohol now?
1: So I drink as much as I want, whenever I want. I just usually choose not to have a drink. Um, and I think that if you, if we dive into that a little bit more, we say, I never need a drink. I've removed all need for a drink. There is no need to relax, to unwind, to have fun, to do business, to celebrate, to commiserate. There is never a need for alcohol. I might choose to have a drink, and that might be because I choose to have a beer, but but or I might choose to go for a bender for a weekend if I wanted to. I'm gonna feel horrendous for three weeks afterwards if I do that. And the thing is, once you've removed it, I sort of talk about it like this, right? we're all in a toxic relationship with alcohol. When you say, what is a good amount of alcohol? well, Dame Sally Davis came out and said that there is no uh, safe limit for alcohol. It's 100% poison, it's only causing you trouble. That's the truth of it. We don't really want to hear that, right? You know, it's directly attributed to cancer now. You're eight times more likely to commit suicide. I could keep going for an hour now about the dangers and the, and the truth of alcohol. In fact, if the same labeling restrictions on alcohol that were on cigarettes well, it's ethanol. So it'd have a skull and crossbones on it, just like ethanol in the hardware store is. So that's the truth. Let's move past that. Why do I still choose to drink? Because I live in the society we live in. Because sometimes it's okay just to have a drink. Or if you're going out with the boys for a weekend, you might want to You might want to um, go out and have a big one. The I, big just, point I'll, is... Listen, I'll,
0: I'll tell you this. I am scared of doing it. Like literally, yeah. It's been such a change in my life the last...
1: You don't want to unwind all that.
0: Well, well, no, no. I mean, I'll tell you. We haven't spoken about this um, like straight up before we started recording this episode. We haven't had this conversation. So, so me and my wife did a year, um, and like I said, best thing we ever did. We, um, we, we, we then didn't drink for the first couple of weeks of this year, and then we went. Let's just like genuinely more out of curiosity than anything. Let's just see. Let's see what we've you know we've been missing, and we had we had a glass of wine with with a meal. And you know what um and i suppose there's no rules we enjoyed it it was Mm -hmm. really nice and then we put the cork back in the bottle and put it back in the cupboard and it stayed there for another week and we're like so you know that that's where i wanted to get to is that it's amazing um and and that feels really good to me now you know you might listen to this or somebody might listen to this and go oh well you know you're still drinking that's that's you you failed i I, I feel like i've won and succeeded but the bit you said about going out with the lads on a bender that scares the shit out of me like seriously because i go i I, first of all like you i mean look i'm I'm not a big guy i'm a light i was a lightweight anyway um but the thought of me having more than a few drinks is scary um i mean literally like the most i've had has been one one glass of wine and and that's it. And actually, the thought of drinking more than that, first of all, because I, I I'm scared I'll lose control, Um uh, worse than I ever did before. Let's say that. <laughs> and and secondly, just I well, I'm petrified of how bad I'll feel afterwards. So consequently, <laughs> yep. I like going. I don't want to find out. Um, great it's, it's, and what a
1: great place to be in to be in that awareness like I bet you never felt that and this is the thing people listening I knew I'd, I
0: kind of to... I knew, I knew I'd feel like shit but then I'd do it anyway which is just ridiculous I mean what what is that yeah. all? but still, <laughs> agreed and, and, and look and, and like you I'm, I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again. I'm not saying I'm never going to go out and abandon that's right but I'm right now I'm scared to and if I do choose to then it will be a conscious choice going look you know you're going to feel like crap. We're good. we're doing it anyway, but then I'm probably never going to do it again. But let's, let's see, shall we? So I, I guess- um, There's two
1: things into that, just go- going into that again. So yeah. from my experience, I wanted a controlled situation. So I did two years alcohol free and then I was like, never again is not what I wanted. It never was. I don't think I was that type of drinker that couldn't and therefore I need to. And also, For me, because I was such a self-destruct child, um, being told no meant I was going to do it anyway. And I didn't want to test that with this because I was like, I'm just going to go mad if I don't let this release. So I did a controlled demolition. And now we've created a program around this. So what we created is the take control course. So this is after somebody, they've done an extended break from alcohol and they're thinking, and it shows you all about how to create structure and a process around this. So if you think about your relationship with alcohol, like you might say, I don't want to fall into the situation where I'm suddenly getting the peer pressure from friends to go and get absolutely smashed. And it's an accident and I fall into it. Like, don't do that. So what I did is I created a structured event. I organized for my mates. I said, this is me and I'm going to have several pints. You're going to be with me. You're going to be looking after me. You know, monitor how I am, all of that. So and we go into much more detail about how to organize that. The following day, I had five pints, we went to rugby, five pints, and then came home. The following day, I was throwing up. In fact, not just that, my wife stormed out the door and um, left me with my daughter sitting beside me watching me throw up into the toilet. Now, do you know what that did? That really solidified to my brain that that's not what I want in my life. That really made me go, do you know what? Those pints, I mean, I felt horrendous for three days afterwards. I was embarrassed. I mean, what a horrible thing to be triggered as a dad like that. Like That's just not the behavior I want. So to me, was that a success or for failure? It was 100% success. I ran a test event. I solidified the behavior that I want. I made sure my brain really knew that like, that is not what I want. And I made it much easier for me to say, no, thanks. I don't want to have those drinks if I was in that situation Um, caught out. So that's just, again, you know, the the thing about our brain, our relationship with alcohol, we'll get onto it, but the relationship with the alcohol, 99.9% of it is autopilot. You know, it's been conditioned for decades and decades. And because it's on autopilot, we have to really mess with that. That, Those neural pathways are so ingrained in our brain and we have to break them. Me going out, creating a scenario where, uh, you know, One other example of this is Nick say somebody had a fairly intensive relationship with alcohol and they're thinking about having a drink after, say, doing a year and they're not sure, but they're worried they might slip down a hole. I'm like, when is the least attractive time for you to have a drink? Is it 8 a.m. on a Monday? Great. So let's choose 8 a.m. on a Monday. Like you would never drink it. This person would never drink. Are you kidding me? 8 a.m. on a Monday? So that's the first thing. Second thing is, what is a type of drink you don't particularly like? Well, I don't really like craft beer done. Now what you're doing is creating a situation where you're doing something, you're like, actually, that wasn't enjoyable. I don't like the feeling afterwards. And you're not doing it And these are all the sort of things that we create in the Take Control course to start changing what's going on in the brain, because what you're actually craving is often something different. You know, well, I was craving social inclusion on a Friday night. That's why I always drink with my mates. I was craving relaxation on Thursdays at five o'clock because I would had a stressful day of the week. Well, those are different things. You don't get them through alcohol. You get them through the healthy habits and routines that we teach you in the program
0: yeah interested. So, so by the way i didn't know about your take control program I, I know about the challenges and that's what i participated in but i find it fascinating um what you've done brilliantly i think is you've taken this whole um this this whole area uh, of addiction and or not necessarily addiction but this area that people have a, a relationship with alcohol that doesn't serve them and really analyzed it and deconstructed it at a detailed level so that you've got these things like Control demolition or doing uh, doing these different things, which I wasn't even aware of. So it's fascinating. Let, let's talk about how this links into to building an empire. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can be a successful business owner or entrepreneur and drink?
1: Oh well, yes. There's lots of them out there, yeah. um, and and I think that the empires were built on alcohol. Um, I think that you know my broking business. Was so successful because I did a lot of entertaining and took people out um, and 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 got them smashed to bits. I think that for years in the city, alcohol. I mean, look at Lloyd's Insurance. You know, they they would basically have said for years that, that alcohol was the 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 grease that wheeled the city, whatever wheeled the, oiled the wheels of the city. Um, so I think that alcohol became very ingrained into business and expected expected and you know even when you go on to these masterminds and all this kind of stuff now it's like oh you know let's go unwind with alcohol and let's go and now we're going to have drinks and it's so, it's still there it's very 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 much there the question is is that can you as an entrepreneur give yourself an upgrade by taking a break from alcohol that is unequivocally, absolutely guarantee you 1 million percent yes. Where will those upgrades come in? you're going to be calmer in your relationships. You're going to be more centered with what your vision and your purpose is. You're going to be uh, clearer headed, more energy, more productivity. I mean, not only do you get more energy because you're not drowning yourself with alcohol, you're not that piece, even if it's just at the weekends, um, you're you're not coming in sluggish on Monday, but with that is you get spare time. Like drinking takes time, hangovers take even more. So you get this time back, you get this energy, you get productivity, you get clarity, who doesn't want more of that in their business?
0: Like just those bits. The two reasons for me were time beforehand. Yes. I was like, I know it's going to give me, this is why I'm doing it. Was time and energy was yeah. the two. Because I was like, I know, like typically for me, my kind of habit routine, if you want to call it that, was like, you know, I'd work hard all week, finish on a Friday. I'd always have a few drinks Friday night, normally just with my wife, you know, in a bottle of wine at home or whatever. Sometimes I'd go and have a few drinks with my mates. Um, Again, Saturday, a few drinks in the afternoon, maybe watching the footy, out for dinner at the night with Nat, um, cocktails, bottle of wine, whatever. Sunday afternoon, kids play football in the morning, the parents all sit around and have few drinks. So that was my normal standard weekend. And obviously, you know, not every weekend exactly the same, but that's pretty normal. And then what that meant was that, like, so first of all, two things. One, from the second I finished on a Friday until Monday morning, I wouldn't think about work or business at all. Which I could see some positives in that. Yeah, yeah, when I say didn't think about it at all, I mean it was like I was unplugged completely. Yeah. and then I'd come back in on a Monday, and it's like right now all you know all manner of things have happened over the weekend, and I paid no attention to them whatsoever, which isn't good. Um, and then obviously I'd be a bit sluggish and slow on a Monday, and not really feeling like I was at it. And so the the two things, the time, and the energy, were huge. Um, but what I hadn't there was a lot of other benefits that I hadn't expected or, or banked upon, which um, you know, just like clarity of thought, emotional totally. ability, like the, the ability to remain calm in a being less
1: yin and yang with everything and reactionary,
0: right? Exactly, and and, and you know, like home life, family life, like honestly, it's so
1: so, so the, the the bits that make us so passionate and and why we're doing this right now is because. You know, people say, oh, can't get evangelical. Well, hang on a minute. I know, we know if I can pluck you out of what you're thinking right now and drop you into your 90 day self, you'll feel the same. This is what makes me so passionate about, you know, um, sharing the subject is that if, I, if, if my words can just get you to sow that seed that you know what alcohol is causing you more trouble than you realize, and then you decide to take a break from it, I know it will probably change your life. It will probably improve your business. It will probably improve your relationships. Like that makes me very passionate and frustrated at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I'm I'm very passionate as well, and of course, haven't been doing this anywhere near as, as long as you have. Um, and I mean, we met probably what five or six years ago. Now,
1: yeah, in the early days,
0: um, when you just started one year in no beer. And I remember back then, I told you about this last time we spoke. I remember back then thinking. And by the way, my relationship with alcohol then was more destructive than it was like more recently. When you, yeah, exactly. Um, I'd certainly already made some strides, but nowhere near enough. And and I was like thinking, I remember I met you and, and Andy, your co-founder, and I was like, these, these guys are crazy. But I was like, there's there's like a a little five percent part of my brain that thinks there's a reason why you've met these guys and you should and you should mm. do something about it. But I just wasn't ready.
1: No, um, I just exactly.
0: wasn't ready. I wasn't open. I was, my, in my mind, there was too many, I would have had to sacrifice too much. Totally. totally. But there, I suppose it's that, dilemma. it's the, it's the, the, the pain gain dynamic. Yeah. And in my, in my mind, wrongly, by the way, six, five, six years ago, the pain of doing it was greater than the gain I would have got. Now, yeah. I know now that's not true and it would have been a great thing to do. But look, you can't live with regret. Made the decision when the time was right, um, and and when I felt the- every
1: every single member over eighty thousand, I think we're nearly over ninety thousand, over eighty thousand members in in ninety countries. Every single member would say exactly the same thing: I wish I'd done it sooner. Right. <laughs> so you, you didn't, and you can't. No, exactly. Yeah, you can't.
0: Like you say, I, I think you know, I. I mean, use the word evangelical. I don't want to be evangelical about it. No. What I do okay. want to do. He's challenged the, the status quo. He's challenged yeah. the traditional thinking. Um, and, you know, already, um, which has been really cool, quite a few of my clients, because not because I've told them to do it, I haven't told anyone yeah. to do it, but quite a few of my clients have taken on a 30-day challenge or um you know or, or or even you know a handful of done the year which has been amazing um yeah. some of my team have just started to really question their relationship yeah. Yeah. Part, which is which is cool and that's my purpose in my purpose isn't to tell people what you should or shouldn't do but my yeah. purpose is just to share because I, I want to and I think it will make a difference to our podcast listeners my experience and and you know um and maybe they'll they'll start to it might be that somebody listening to this is where I was five or six years ago and does nothing, takes zero action as a result well, of listening to this episode, but in five or six years' time, they go, ah, actually, The
1: penny drops. Go.
0: Yeah, and, and that's perfect. You know, whatever. Totally. Whatever.
1: Agreed. I happens. think that's the same thing with everything we're doing. You know, one thing, just dialing in again and into that main part about the relationship with alcohol, when you were talking about the weekend and you were talking about what you were looking for, inside our relationship with alcohol – is actually all the answers, the reason why we are drinking, the, 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 what we are using it for. So you know exactly, like you were using it to switch off at the weekend and that's so many people. That's the common story. It's the only time I get that silence. And yet what we know is that alcohol actually creates anxiety. It's a depressant. And so alcohol actually creates the very feeling that you need a drink at the end of the week in the first place. It's the one thing that we're using it for. So, um, so, so, but only when you step off the merry grand do you find that out yourself?
0: So, you just mentioned there in passing that you're at like around about 90,000 members. I mean, first of all, congratulations. That is incredible, you. Um, you know, and I am literally, I'm just one of 90,000 people that, that have had this, this transformation experience. So my question, and it's not a loaded question, or it's not alcohol related, but how are you going to celebrate 100,000 a hundred thousand members? Because that's that is a big milestone that you should celebrate. I wish, I, I maybe maybe
1: this is the entrepreneur disease, um, you know, and and this is you can perhaps coach me on this forever, Nick. And maybe there'll be some listeners out there who run businesses who feel the same. But I feel like I'd be celebrating the first step up Everest. Yeah. And, and, and yes, we should definitely celebrate our wins and yes, we should definitely celebrate a hundred thousand members, but 2.7 billion people drink alcohol and around about 36% drink hazardously. So around about a billion people, it feels like we haven't even. Had our yawn before we get out of bed yet? And um, you know, the they're, 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 part of that is exciting. Part of that is frustrating. Um, uh, you know, is the, is is growing a business. You know, when I look at what happened over the whole um, pandemic, we 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 did a lot for the pandemic. So we opened up our doors for free to NHS staff and key workers and support staff. Um, in the first lockdown, we had over eight thousand key workers and and support staff. When I sent out an email to our members saying, hey, this is a critical time from our country. I need you to come back and re-engage in the community because we're going to open up the doors and support key workers. And I had some two and a half thousand volunteers um, offer to come and support those people. That gives me goosebumps today. That makes me feel so uh, aligned to our mission that people really want to help other people. And that's what we're creating. We're creating a platform where people are supporting other people. That's the real magic source, And it's something that, again, I feel like we're such at the early stage of unlocking. You know, when we really truly unlock the power of the community to support other people, I think that's when we'll be hitting millions, hopefully billions of people, but millions of users who are empowering each other to change their relationship with alcohol. And as we said, not just alcohol, because at the core of what we do are the principles. They're relevant to all behavior change. Addiction is addiction. Habit change is habit change. If you're numbing out with Netflix or cigarettes or drugs or porn, it's the same things. These are signs that, that what your, 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 your body, your mind, your soul is asking you, to really look at and focus on. And lots of people don't want to hear those noises and that's why they're numbing out and they're difficult. And if we can give them a platform that gives them the tools to work out what those things are that they need to change in their life or work on, then I think we really can change the world. And that's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, so so two things. I think one, I do believe is kind of typical entrepreneur syndrome to always be looking to go bigger, better, more, which is, it's your greatest gift, of course, great strength, but is also often our greatest weakness. And whilst I hear you say, you know, it feels like we've, you know, taken the first step to climb Everest, and, you know, it'd almost feel weird celebrating that. I, I would still say, I know, I know how much work has gone in to get to, you know, near, near 100,000 members is, you know, no mean feat. And there aren't many people in our world, as I often call it that are in the business of helping people make an improvement in their life in some way, shape, or form that, that ever make anything near that impact. So I think what you have mm-hmm. done to make is amazing so far. Um, what, one thing that I wanted to, to just highlight for anybody listening to this, I, there's a lot of our audience, as you know, Rory, who are coaches, speakers, um, you know, that, 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 that their, their mission is to help people to make a change, to improve some area of their lives. I think what you've done with One Year No Beer, which is genius, is you've actually niched and specialised in alcohol, um, you know, uh, quitting drinking alcohol or, or changing your relationship with alcohol, which is, and of course, as you said, once you've mastered this area of your life, the knock-on effect in loads of other areas is there—that is massive. So, so I think it's very smart, and I don't think this was the reason you did it at the start, but the, the, the focusing on, rather than just going, we are, you, know, you could have set up a mind, we're addiction therapists. And you would have got nowhere near the same amount of traction. You could have said, we're stop drinking therapists, nowhere near the same amount of traction. The fact that you created this movement and it was challenge-based, that, that's really the, um, I suppose, really, I see that as great marketing more than anything. So, yeah. So um, I mean, look, you know, you're know, you nearly at 100,000 members, you you're uh, you know multi seven figure uh, revenue generating business. Um, you've raised finance, which I want to talk to you about in, in yeah. as well. What what advice would you give to somebody who's like right? They haven't even taken the first steps. from Everest yet? Like they that maybe they're like you were. That they're, they're they're coming out of a corporate career. They feel like they want more. They feel like they've got more to offer. They want to make a an impact on the world, they want to help people in some way, shape or form. What what advice would you give to people in that position?
1: Well, I think it was all exactly in in your wording there, perfectly put, is that the first thing is have an impact. And um, if you are truly, having an impact and 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 changing people's lives, which I think that we have a duty to be focused on now as, as entrepreneurs is, is really making sure that we're doing things um, to impact people in a positive way. So if you are doing that, then my first focus is community and community is actually free to build. Um, it wasn't necessarily free for us to build, but you can start talking on social media platforms. You can start communicating, you can use the written word, you can create a Facebook group, group, those things don't really cost. And once you create a community, this is like a giant um, a snowball which just grows and grows and grows and it keeps getting momentum, it keeps getting momentum. And, and I look at the power of that community now, you know, okay, so we have coming up on 100,000 members, but how many people have changed their relationship with alcohol who have not signed up to One Year No Beer? Is it two times? I would guarantee it's two times. Is it five times? Probably. Is it ten times? Right. How many people? Because Nick came to one, you know, beer from around that have done. Right. So, is the wider impact well, of what we're doing really?
0: Well, let me ask you the question. In, in well, again, that I know of. So there's the there's the impact that I know of. But there's impact yeah, that the, you know the, of. The impact that you know of. That, you know, and, and the one you don't yeah. know. I could give you now. Is it's more than five, yeah, maybe 10 that have done it that are, are committed, either they are on the journey now or did a year challenge, one year no beer or alcohol. Yeah. Like, um, and then on top of that, there's at least another 30, 40 that have done some kind of 30 days or you know, some kind of challenge or 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 started to change their relationship with alcohol. So I think, yeah, I think that the the ripple effect of what, what you're doing is immeasurable, which is yeah. exciting. Which is why, actually, when you say oh, 100,000 members and there's a billion people, something you said that have, got, That's you right. know, that, that have got an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, I would argue that it's 100,000 people that you know of.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's exactly. Probably already um, half a million to a million that you don't know of. Which yeah. is, you know, it's, it's nice to, nice to, I suppose, reflect on
1: that and, and think on that. Um, so, but just dialing back into your, your, question is that really double down on that community. The result of that community is, you know, focusing on. So, so I, we wanted to create a culture. Very much, me wanted to create a culture of vulnerability inside our community. And it took a huge amount of effort in the beginning, which was me pouring my heart of my own story and being truthful about myself and my my limitations and discoveries and all of that kind of stuff. And it created this culture inside our community of vulnerability. And if you look at that today, you know, a Facebook group of 24,000 or whatever it is, um, and you see how much these people are sharing with strangers, it's so powerful. It's so powerful.
0: There's, there's some stuff in there that you would you would borderline as and over here. Scroll but, over, but it's yeah. good. But it's good. It's no. yeah. great. There's a safe space for people, and they know that it's. Quite- some
1: people have said it's like the new East Enders sometimes in there, <laughs> <laughs> scrolling through. So um, but um. Um, and the second part was that was when we went for funding, and you were going to ask the question about that. And what happened was I sort of stumbled in. Um, we were going to go crowdfunding, and um, uh, in six months' time, and we sent out an email. And this is back in 2017. and We sent out our email to our members saying, "Hey, we're thinking about going crowdfunding in six months' time. We're looking for a six-figure investor. Do you know anyone? Could you introduce us to someone?" And I thought maybe I'd come into one or two emails. Came in the next day to 74 emails, and we raised 1.1 million in five weeks just from our members. Um, and you know, who were the members? You know, well, like people like you, you know, very successful people, a tenure director at Facebook, a senior guy at Google, um, an ex-global head of mergers and acquisitions at HSBC, the chairman of the biggest angel network in Scotland. I could go on and on and on. Very successful people who didn't necessarily think, oh, I've got a problem. I'm going to have to go over it. But we're like, you know what, I mean, I need to get get control of this relationship with alcohol and then had a complete life change. So much so I've had conversations with people and they've said, look, really, even if I lost the £100,000 I'm investing in one year, no beer, it wouldn't be equivalent to the life change that you gave me through your challenge. Um, so, you know, it's had a big impact on people.
0: Yeah, and, and I think one of the, one of the reasons, because um, obviously you did uh, another Round of funding um, last year, probably. yeah, um, uh, which is when I became an investor as well. You did, and and the reason I became an investor, there's there's, there's actually multiple reasons. Um, one is I knew that by investing in one year no beer, it would give me another level of commitment to the concept. It's like you can't really be an investor in the business if you don't believe in it, and therefore it would help me continue to have a, a better relationship with alcohol that was one reason the uh, I mean it's quite a selfish reason but still um, the, the, the other reason is again I, I really believe in what you guys are doing it's made a big impact on me and you know I want to get behind that and support it and, and help you on the road to making an even bigger impact I think what you've done it so far is amazing but you know any support I can give I want to um, and actually the, the third reason like commercial reason, is I can see, like I think, whenever you're, when I'm not, I don't profess to be like a, you know, a, 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 a seasoned investor. But what I do know is I, I, I look, I do see patterns and I do see trends. And right now, I can see and feel there is a change in the way that society sees alcohol consumption.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Um, like you know, I mean. Look at all the major brands are coming up with alcohol-free alternatives. Oh, yeah. Um, Fastest-growing beverage market in the world. I mean, rapid. 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 And, like, you you see, I'm a big football fan, as you know, and, you know, you're watching football, and it's it's not Heineken that's advertising now at the side of the pit or on the microphones when they do the interviews. It's Heineken Zero. Like, they're really, really pushing it. I'm like... From a purely commercial standpoint, 50
1: so million a year advertising Heineken, yeah, trend, Heineken zero budget.
0: Yeah, the trend, and, and when I look at like younger people today, I don't feel there's the same stigma relationship with alcohol that was when I was that age. But I look at I look Lessening. at me, me at like 15, 16 years of age. It was like, well, you're nearly old enough to go to the pub, and you're nearly old enough to do this, but it was all centered around alcohol. And I actually think now it's less so. I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, their, you know, the youngsters' idols now don't have an un- unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Whereas, let's face it, when I was growing up, most of the footballers, you know, in, at least, you know, I grew up in Birmingham. It was like I'd go out in Birmingham on a Friday or Saturday night, normally Saturday night. Um, you know, and, and you would see, and I was like eighteen years of age, and you'd see all the local, high-profile Premier League footballers in these bars drink. It was just part of it, and, and I just yeah. don't think you see that
1: anymore no. as much. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying you did not see it at all, but it's I think there's a massive change. Massive it's changing
1: times. definitely. The
0: way I invested was I went look, there's a trend happening here, and this is one way that uh, you know that, that I can financially benefit from the changing trend is to invest in a company that's going to, I believe what you're doing um, will automatically explode and grow just because of the change in society. And I think because of all the tech that you're building and all the programs you're creating um, and, and all the marketing you're doing, I think, you know, of course, you, you'll grow it even faster. So um, may, maybe just share a little bit. Um, I think you, you've, you've shared some really good uh, insight as to the getting started bit. And I completely agree that the commute, for you, community was at the forefront of it. Um, I would put a step first before community, which is really just creating the concept that yeah. that they that that is unique, different, stands out for you. It was one year, no beer. It was a challenge kind of yeah. base. Yeah, built a community around that. I think was very smart. Um, so, so first of all, what what was the reason that you decided to go for funding in two thousand and seventeen? Um, and and what how do how do you go about raising funding? I mean, privately, you've done it all privately. You haven't gone to any big institutions or anything like that. Um, so, what was the reason behind going for the funding to grow the empire? And how did you go about doing it? Other, uh, beyond the sending emails to your existing members, like what have you done more recently?
1: So, I think um, well, the main the main reason for funding is that we're sort of pivoting from being a community based um digital uh, yeah community based digital intervention um and we are pitting, pivoting into a app based um subscription model mm-hmm. um and that has taken just those words eh that that has taken considerable um time effort resources um to make that transformation um so you know a lot has gone invested into the technology and i guess you know the other thing is um you i'm sure you talk about this but this is the hardest thing i've ever done this is the hardest thing by an absolute long margin and um i would say i've made more mistakes than i have made um successes uh, well maybe that's the wrong way around no no but that's probably true right you know so you still keep going and you still keep going And um, so I think that, you know, an, an example of that is we invested in an external app company to build an app and it never saw the light of day. In fact, we actually ended up in court. And, you know, that was tens of thousands of pounds and six months of work plus another six months of other stuff. So I think that when you look at the entrepreneurial journey, you know, it is. It's it is it is hard. It is really hard. Um and I don't think enough people talk about how difficult it is. So I just want to reiterate how difficult it can be. Um and you know, one of the things that raising cash will do is um it is like lighter fluid or like pouring petrol and you know it will exacerbate the things that you have um, have going wrong so you need to be very very sure before you raise cash I think that's um absolutely one of the critical things um and um, you know the most important person when you whenever you raise cash is your financial director and make sure they are like mine um, who would force our con- customer support guy to drive for 45 minutes uh, to borrow a mac charger from me because he wouldn't let him spend 20 pounds on Amazon to buy a new one so that's... That's the kind of financial direct you want when you take other people's money, Um, and so you know. And then also it changes the dynamic. Um, So I think where I was coming from, and one of the reasons why Andy and I split. um, So he was my co-founder, and then we had a separation. Is that for him? He always wanted to create a lifestyle business. He loved uh, books, writing, um, and he loved the the you know research. He wanted to go back to university, and here I was trying to change the world. And part of my story that we missed out was this whole, you know, sort of journey of discovery to One Year No Beer led me to a moment when I met the Dalai Lama through the, uh, being advertised on the BBC. And that transformed my life. Right. That's when the moment when that happened was when I knew that there was a big impact to have on the world here and that I was going to do whatever it took. So that meant blowing up my life as an oil broker, selling my house, moving to Scotland, reducing our costs down because you can't work in a startup with that kind of lifestyle. And so I had to rip apart who Ruri was to get absolutely focused on having this massive impact in the world. And it changed how we thought about the business. We now need to reach much wider audience. So it needs to be an app business, the pricing and all that kind of stuff. So in doing all of that, um, and, um, and blowing up that several times. I've been tested many times with the business. Why don't you just create a lifestyle business for yourself? Why don't you just create a nice little spitting off profits? You know, you could be doing 5 million a year and making a million a year profit. And I've had these mentors and these coaches and these guides, and it always brought me back and actually meditating on the idea of this is not about me. This is about having a massive impact in the world. You and don't,
0: you don't solve, you don't, Impact a billion people with a lifestyle business. I'm you sorry, don't. Sorry, you just don't. And you don't. By the way, I, I get a similar similar um, comments from from people, friends, uh, peers in my industry who are going like, "Why are you building?" Like, why are you so obsessed with building? You know, we've got the physical office space, we've got the training centre, we've got the team. And, and I don't see that stopping growing. Like, I'm excited about getting to 50 and 100 employees and more because I know that that will allow us to make a bigger impact. But yeah. I, I think you, you – maybe it's maybe it's limited thinking on my part. I just don't believe you can really make a massive impact. I'm talking millions of people, or in your case, a yeah. billion people. With, with a lifestyle business. I just don't
1: think you can. 100% agree. So you've got to get people aligned to your vision. You've got to make sure you stay true to that vision because you're going to get tested so many times and questioned on it. The positive side of raising finance when you're a community biz- business and you open your doors to other people to benefit from your growth is you have absolute champions, raving fans. You have people who are screaming about your brand, you know i get if you look at the cedar's account one of our investors pointed the other day and he put a news feed about how deaths due to alcohol have gone up something like 500% during the pandemic i would literally cry right now at that idea it's absolutely a horrible thought and he's like this is why investing in a company like this is not just about investing it's about trying to help our society mm-hmm. so so that you know we've we've I almost, you know, I I looked at the the success of Brewdog and their their punk for, um, you know, their punk um, equity for punks, and I was like, how do we create real raving champions out of our members? How do we make them completely buy into what we are doing? And that's what my focus is constantly bringing the community, empowering the community, You know, if it's investing, if it's being part of it. And this is why this year we'll create our ambassador program. So this is like the Weight Watchers for alcohol. How does a user come through, become a representative in a country, wherever they are in the world and champion people to change their relationship with alcohol? And that's what we'll be unlocking this year. So really everything we're doing is about the community.
0: Amazing. Ruri, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, for being on thank the you. Empire Builders podcast. Um, listen, I'm sure there will be more than just the odd person who's listened to this and has started to maybe like Ivy, oh, just think a little bit differently about their relationship with alcohol. Where can they find out more about joining the One Year No Beer community, about taking one of the challenges? You've got 28-day, 90-day, and 365. 365. So, yeah. so, where can they just find out more about taking on the challenges if they're interested? Hundred percent.
1: So, if you're just thinking, "Hmm, what's this?" then dive into the podcasts, One Year No Beer podcast. Uh, dive in, look at our blogs, oneyearnobeer.com forward slash blog. Just read up about bit One Year No Beer. Start the questions going in your mind. There's loads of videos and testimonials and inspiring stuff on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash one year no beer. Instagram, One Year No Beer lots of free stuff there for you to start thinking about this. If you're like, you know what? I might give this a shot, but I'm not sure it's right for me. Then you can jump into our five-day free challenge. Just go to oneyearnobeer.com. It's on the front page there, the five-day free challenge. And if you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready to take my business to the next level, improve my relationship, stop talking about divorce, um, and actually just stop drinking. um, And, uh, you know, be better around my family, feel fitter, healthier, happier, and faster, and I'm ready to go. Then go to oneyearnobeer.com forward slash take the challenge and you can sign up to a 28, 90 or 365 day challenge. And I think that the last thing to say is here is take that when you are scratching at the back of your brain thinking, I think this, I think this might be something, I think alcohol might be causing me more trouble than I realize, but I don't know how I'm going to do this. All you have to do is come and step over the line with us because it's jumping into the unknown, even though I don't know how that's where all the transformation takes. And we will hold your hand the whole way.
0: Thanks. So hopefully you found this episode valuable, useful, interesting. My goal was, first of all, to you know to, to thank Ruri and to shine a light on the amazing work that One Year No Beer are doing, um, and to maybe have you think about, question your relationship with alcohol, um, if indeed you have one. I know a lot of our clients, a lot of our members don't drink and never have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the second reason was I wanted to get inside Ruri's brain a little bit um, and, mm-hmm. and look at the business side and go, uh, what was the thinking behind One Year No Beer, the challenges? So hopefully we've done that well. I'm sure we'll do um, more interviews as well in the future as, as this movement builds and grows. You know, you're, you're kicking on for 100,000 members nearly uh, now. Um, and, you know, that, that number's going to... I know that that number is going to go... Well, it's going to explode over the next year five years ten years so um yeah just thank you rory um well not only for for your your bit of time today genuinely thank you for your inspiration and, and helping me make the best decision i ever made
1: amazing thank you thanks for sharing the message
0: thanks for listening see you next time